thing about the kingdom of God is about you and me growing up into a mature place. Now I can get you where I want to take you. Now I can show you what I want to talk to you about this morning. So turn in your Bibles, if you would, please, today to the book of Ephesians. And when you get there, turn to chapter 4. 2 Corinthians, Galatians, then Ephesians will follow that. Second, if you can find 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, and then Ephesians, you'll find where I'm at. Ephesians chapter 4. I don't know what page that is in, in your Bible, but um, um, this, this one here is, this is my fault because I gave this to, to Matt thinking that it was a good one, but it, it's not working real well, so let me try a different color. And I uh, want to make sure you can see what I'm going to write on this board today. Am I doing this the right side? I don't use these things very often, so, oh, this is really nice. So, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, and I want to read some things. We're going to begin with verse 11, and then I'm going to see where we go from there. But I want to talk about something today, and that is the word until. And this is a series that we're going to begin today. And this series is going to define for us what that word means. So I want to ask, um, well, let me just say it. The word until is sort of, even though it isn't a conjunction, I know we didn't learn that to be a word, a conjunctive word in our English in elementary school when we learned, but it is in a very real sense, a conjunctive word. It is joining two things together. It's a bridge. The word until joins two things together. It tells us that there is something on the south side of it and that there is something on the north side of it. The word until always tells us that whatever is on this side is destined to become whatever is on this side. Can we see that together? Can you see that? So this is a bridge that joins what is on the south side to whatever is on the north side. Say that with me. It is a bridge. What's your name? Joshua. Have I met you before? I have. When did I meet you? Months ago? And then have you been since? You have? My apologies. I don't mean to embarrass you, but I love your attentiveness. I love how you're paying attention to what's going on. I watched you earlier in the music, and I love that. Is that okay for me to say that out loud? Okay, if it's not, we can erase it off the tape. <laughs> but I love this. Are you engaged? No, I'm not talking about physically. I'm just, okay. <laughs> talking about with this, okay. Are you engaged with this? <laughs> That's kind of a personal question, isn't it? So thank you, Joshua. I know you are. So this word until is a bridge from this place to this place. Now, whenever I see the word until, it's letting me know something better is on the way. It's letting me know no matter how good this is, there's something else coming. The problem with Religion is this. Religion, always it loves what's current. Religion never wants to be tested. Religion never wants to put what it believes on a scale against the truth. Religion fears the scale. Religion fears the bridge. 
Because as long as religion can remain in this place, there is a security. Religion does not like risks. Religion, Jaquanda, doesn't like to take chances. Religion doesn't like to require faith. Religion never needs faith because religion is doing the same thing today that it did yesterday, that it did the day before, that it did the day before. Religion does not need faith. Faith is only required when we begin to move into the kingdom. I'm, I, it's important that you get this this morning. I'll be teaching this again in the second service, but it's important that you get this this morning because as we go forward, I want to talk to you today and help you understand that this is the beginning. This is what the beginning looks like, whatever this is, and I'll talk about it in a second. And this is the hoped for. This is what is hoped for, or this is the ultimate purpose. And this is where we want to get to, is this place on the other side of until. So in order to do that, I want to say something to you. Let's read in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, let's begin with verse 11. says this, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. I'm reading this morning out of the New King James Version because I don't have... Uh, I don't have notes, and this is the only Bible that I've got right now. He himself gave some to be apostles. I think in your ESV it says some to be, instead of pastors, it says something else. What's it say? Shepherds, yeah. Gave some to be apostles, some to be prophet, uh, prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For what? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. For the edifying of the body of of Christ. Go to the next verse. And what's that word we see? Until. 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 Um, I have relationship with a lot of people. And for many years, I defined the Rock of Central Florida as a five-fold ministry church, house. That's how we defined it. I didn't know any other way to define it because on this side of until, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, until there was a maturity, until we, we were trained for the work of the ministry, and people begin to do that. See, I believe, came to the place where I believed about the fivefold ministry, that it was a place we would always be in because it's New Testament. I want to show you something today. Can I get two... Um, I need two something that's long, two anything that I can use. Somebody grab me something that's, it needs to be stiff though. Um, like two, uh, I, don't, I don't even, broomsticks, I don't care what they are, but I need two things that are long so I can show you something today. And um, the, so the danger is, and this is teaching this morning, okay? So the danger is that I believe and, and there are people that will disagree with me. There are people that will be listening to what I'm saying right now that will disagree with me. And that's okay. I don't want you to try to walk in a revelation that isn't clear to you. I want you to walk in an understanding. But I think today what I'm going to teach you is so practical, it would almost be impossible, I think, thank you, to get past that. These are very crude um, instruments of illustration. 
But I want to show you, thank you. Appreciate that, Christian. So I want to show you something. So in the Old Testament, this stick represents the law. Everybody say law. law. This handle represents the law. So let me do this because I think this is distracting. Can you take that broom off the end, please? It's distracting me. Makes my, makes my law uh, uh, unbalanced. So everybody say, this is the law. This is, the law. This is grace. Okay, so how long did the law hang around? Go ahead. We're going to talk out loud. How long was the law present with us? Until when? Till what? Somebody said it. Christ. So this is the law. This is grace. Grace came because of Christ. Okay? We've got to get that this morning. That's really important. Grace came because of Okay, I just want to make sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe I need to go back a little further. This is the law. This represents grace. So before this, and I, can't, I taught this some time ago, so I don't want to get into this too deeply. But before the law was what? Fathers. There were fathers, fathers, fathers. Let me say this. It was impossible. God's plan for the kingdom of God always wrapped around family. It started with family, and its ultimate purpose is family. When I say fathers, I'm talking about family. When you hear me use the word fathers, I'm talking about family. I'm not talking about a man by himself. That's even contrary to most of the church. I'm talking about proper family, proper order. And there's a reason that fathers represent family in Scripture. And the reason is this, because fathers look like this. If, if God did not think it was important to have mothers... He wouldn't have made it imperative that a woman would be present with a man in order for there to be a conceived seed. See, the very nature of immoral, the homosexual movement, it's immoral because no matter what you do, you can be two men together, you can be two women together, but two men together still require a womb. So between them, they cannot produce the purpose. Two women together still needs seed. They still need seed. So they cannot complete the fullness of purpose. It's, it's immoral. It's out of order. And I can tell you today, when we bring things together in their proper place, it's amazing what God can do when we begin to walk in truth, what he can begin to show us, what he can begin to deliver us from. So many of the arguments, man, I don't want to get on a sidetrack here, but so many of the arguments that the church has today revolve around this one, law. Revolve around the law, because even though grace came, law still is functional. It's still hovering over our head, swinging around like a baton. It's still there. We got grace, but we keep grace extended. But law is always hovering over our head. So let me show you a demonstration. So we've got law, prior to that was family, was fathers. We had law for hundreds of years, thousands, a couple thousand, a long time. So we got law, but then Jesus was born. The end of this stick, this little black part right here represents the birth of Christ. This represents the star of Bethlehem, this represents the prophetic word that he was coming, that's what that represents. So here is law. 
And then the word comes. Comes right into the middle of law. The word comes right into the middle of law. Can you see it? So I have law that exists, and then I have the birth of Christ. Then I have the life of Christ. Can you see that? So I have the life of Christ, and then I have, let me do it this way. Well, I don't know if I can do that. I have the life of Christ, and then I have the resurrection of Christ. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, which did what? Freed us from sin. Is that correct? Are we in agreement? But in the years between the birth of Christ and the destruction of Jerusalem, actually, 70 years, in that amount of time, it's contestable, 40 years to 70 years, in that amount of time, the law and grace overlapped one another. They existed together. But they only existed together long enough in the time between Christ being born and Him being resurrected, they existed together so that in that 33-year span, Christ could begin to introduce there is another way. This, this section right here was the until. This exists until this. Am I making sense? This is until, everybody say until, this. This is grace. Grace in its fullness. This leads to, again, it's almost a circle of life. It is, this leads to it, grace leads to again, the original intent, which was fathers, family, Everything that occurred in the law, you're going to have to walk with me for a second. This is where some of you are going to have a hard time. Everything that occurred in the law led up to this until point when the father said they cannot fulfill the law, but my son can. He can complete it. He can close the door on it. So they're going to do this until I send my son. And then he's going to suffer, die, be raised again. And in that resurrection, they will become brothers to him, joint heirs with Christ, which makes them my, son again, my sons again, which means fathers, fatherhood, fathership is the opportunity that lays before them. Am I making sense? Grace is where he wants us to be. So this is the until period. So here's what's going to be a challenge. But in the middle of grace, the Father always uses moments that are natural, that require natural demonstrations to get us to the spiritual end that was meant for us. So, I said to someone recently that I was talking to about the fivefold, and I'm going to get to this. Thank you. Oh, let me just leave it here in case I come back to it. So, I said to somebody recently about the fivefold ministry, they said, So, you believe that the fivefold ministry no longer is? And I said, Let me tell you what I really believe about the fivefold. 
I believe the fivefold ministry is the New Testament version of Old Testament law. Because I said to them, I said, what do you believe is the master plan of God? What do you believe is the master plan of God, Josh? Don't, no, it's rhetorical. You don't have to answer. I'm really picking on you. <laughs> Fathers. See, the master plan of God did not start with fathers, did not start with family. And then he thought, wow, that was the biggest mistake in the universe. It was only an error because he trusted. It wasn't an error at all. He trusted and man failed. God did not fail. His original intent is his ending intent. And everything he's ever put in place, Joseph, everything he has ever put in place has been to get us back to that place. So he needed, remember in the Old Testament, we had the kings, we had fathers and we had kings and judges, the law, the prophets, the law, and all of these things interacting together. And then came Christ, that overlap, that led us to grace, led us to I'm sorry, excuse me. Got a little sneeze trying to work up. Led us to grace. And when it led us to grace, what the Father's still trying to do is is get us to a place, and he said this, he said, I cannot expect, I cannot expect that my kids, my creation, my Sams, my AJs, my Mariahs, my Judys, my Kents, my Tims, I cannot expect that my creation is going to suddenly know how to be fathers again, how to be family again. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put something in place that I hope they don't cling to as though it's eternal. If they're going to cling to anything that's eternal, cling to my eternal promise. Not to the things I put in place to get you from one place to another. So let me show you what I'm talking about. So he says this, Ephesians 4. He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until, everybody say until. Until what? Until we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. People that live on the south side of until absolutely do not believe that they can come to this place of the fullness of Christ. To the fullness of the stature of who Jesus Christ is. I have a problem with that. That's like Alcoholics Anonymous telling an alcoholic, you are always an alcoholic. I've got news for you. If, alcohol, if the best Alcoholic Anonymous can do is remind me every day that I'm an alcoholic, then why am I coming? There should be an until there somewhere. We're going to walk you through these 12 steps until you no longer need the 12 steps. If I require the law every single day, 
If I need to get the law every day, is it really living? Is it really living? No. No, I'm telling you the Father has something great for you and it's on the other side of until. The problem with living on this side of until is that I always, if I always tell myself, if I always say to me, man, I have not come into the fullness, I'm not a mature man yet. If I always believe about me, I'm never going to get there. Man, I need this, and I need the apostolic, and I need the prophetic, and I need the pastoral, and I need the whatever. If I'm always telling myself, I've got to have this, I've got to have it, I've got to have it, I'm never going to get to the place where I believe I'm a son. I'm never going to get to the place where I believe I'm matured so that I can actually be who I'm supposed to be. I'm going to tell you, you'll never know what it's like to be a father until you step into a father's shoes, until you you know, you know that you know. The fullness of Christ is operating in me. Now here's the argument that people will make, perhaps even here this morning. Here's the argument some will make. They will say, but, 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 what about those that aren't in that mature place yet? Well, usually it's because people don't understand that maturity doesn't mean perfection. Even perfection doesn't mean perfection in Scripture. Perfection means the ongoing process of maturity. Perfection means I have submitted myself under the hand of God to allow him to teach me every single day, just like I'm doing right now. I am positioning myself to be a son. And what do sons do? They listen to their fathers. A smart son listens to their father. And a smart son grows because they're listening to their father, to their mother. They're listening to the authority that is put in their life. They're drawing out of that authority and they're growing. That's what the father's trying to get us to. He's trying to get us. The beginning said, yes, you need this New Testament version of Old Testament law. Listen, just because it's in the New Testament doesn't mean it's, it's supposed to be around forever. How, where, when did Christ die? When did Christ die? But what, in the Old Testament or New Testament? New Testament. New Testament. We read about the death of Christ in the New Testament, and yet it says, are we going to require Christ to die twice? We don't require, it's, there's no necessity for Christ to die twice or three times or four times. Every time something is awry or out of place in our life or there's disobedience in us, we don't have to say, you're going to have to get back on the cross. He did it a single time so that every time redemption was available. We misinterpret what Scripture is trying to do when we get camped out in a particular place. We need to stop focusing on a specific Scripture and find out where is it leading us to. In fact, I said to this same person, I said, for you, the Bible is a manual. For me, the Bible is a map. In other words, for you, when you look at Scripture, everything between Genesis and Revelation, you're just going to keep reliving over and over and over again. But for me, when I read Scripture, I'm asking myself, what is that pointing me to? Where is that taking me where I've never been? I've never read it. I've never seen it. I've never experienced it. It's a deeper place. It's beyond now. Where is that on the other side of until? It is leading me. This is before until. That is after until. And I want to live an until kind of life. Yes. I, want to, I want to live the kind of life that says, till now, this is what you do until. 
There was a season in my life. I, I was aware of fivefold ministry before I went to Panama City. I had been in a, a part of, uh, in fact, I met my wife in a, what, a church that was identified themselves as a fivefold ministry church. They operated and functioned very differently than, than the Rock of Panama City when we went there. They operated very differently than that. But nevertheless, when we got there, they identified themselves as a fivefold ministry church, and I began to come into the understanding of what the apostolic and the prophetic and the pastoral and the teaching and all of that was. The evangelistic, I began to, I came into an understanding of what that was. And I really felt like at that time, man, I'm in the newest thing. This is the newest thing. This is what God's doing today. This is new. And it was to me, to me, to me, to me. But none of us are in the same place at the same time. I needed that at that time to bring some parameters in my life because everything about me at that time was religious. Everything was religious about me. What the five-fold ministry does very quickly, it, tra it begins to transport us out of religion into kingdom. The fivefold was not meant to be the classroom that we live in for the rest of our days. The fivefold was meant to be the classroom that helps us to understand this is where you've been, but this is where you can go. I want to help you understand how you can hear. Once you start hearing, you're out of class. You've got to hear what I'm saying this morning. Are you getting me today? There's nothing wrong with a five-fold ministry. There's nothing wrong with people that are walking in it today. But it isn't meant. My point to you today is it is on the south side of until, and we are a north side of until kind of people. We are headed to a place of maturity. And if I do not accept that what he said in verse 13 is the direction I'm supposed to go, 11 and 12, point me there. I don't want to be the guy that's always looking at the prophetic end, but never able to achieve it. I don't want to be the guy that always has hope for something greater, but I've, I'm never told by anyone that I can actually get there. I want to recognize where does he insert the word until? And when the fullness of that word is manifested in me, when the fullness of that word becomes a part of me, I'm going to step out of the south side of that word and I'm going to step into the north side of that word and I'm going to allow him to begin to do his work in me. Can anybody hear me this morning? Am I making any sense to you today? Are you learning anything today? I'm going to tell you, it isn't just this. It isn't just this. And I'm not in any way suggesting, not in any way suggesting that this scripture is invalid or without use or without purpose. That's not my suggestion. My suggestion to you is don't get camping. Don't camp there. Do not drive your stakes in the ground of anything, not the five-fold ministry, even this. I've said this before and I'm going to say it now. Even tongues are what we do until we know how to talk. what the Bible says. Even praying in tongues, that's what we do until we know how to pray in our understanding. The more mature we become, just like a child, everything about the kingdom of God is just like children. It's, you, you can see a mere reflection of family. Our children, when they first start talking, it's, they might as well be speaking another language. It's goo, goo, ga, ga, ya, ya, da, da, whatever. But then as they begin to mature, as they begin to grow, the more they hear your voice, the more they begin to formulate words. 
the more they hear what it is you're saying, they begin to talk like you. You talk ugly around the table, they talk ugly around the table. You talk nice around the table, they talk nice around the table. They begin to formulate their words based on what they're saying. But there was a time when they talked goo-goo-ga-ga. But as they begin to mature, they no longer talk goo-goo-ga-ga. They came into the place where they knew exactly how to talk. It doesn't do away with tongues because there's times in our lives when we don't know how to pray. So we pray in the Spirit. But ultimately, we want to come to the place where we hear His voice so clearly. I no longer need to pray in tongues, but I can say I know exactly what to say in English right now. Yes. Father, this is, there's a need. Because I've, I've matured in you so much. I've grown in you so much. I've come to a place. And see, the problem with the church today is they do not know who they are. They do not know what kind of authority they have. They do not know what kind of God they walk with. And they do not understand that God really wants to make us smarter than we are all by ourselves. You are wise. You are full of wisdom because you are full of the Spirit of God. You're not wise because you read enough books. We are not wise because we've listened to enough teachers. We are not wise because we've done enough, enough things. We are wise because the Father imparted His wisdom to us in the name of Holy Spirit. His Spirit dwells in you and me to bring to us the wisdom that we need to walk with Him and to hear His voice. And the more, the more we listen to that voice, the more we grow up, the more mature we come and some of those childish things we put behind us. Can you hear me this morning? So what do you want to do? What do you want to do? When I teach a message like this, when I'm teaching things like this, you can misinterpret what I'm saying today and you can hear me saying, get out of this fivefold. I'm not telling you to get out of anything. I'm telling you when you know that you've come into the place where you're hearing His voice and there's maturity in you and you have a heart to draw out of Him, you shouldn't need and I know I'm preaching myself out of a job. I want to come to the place where my words are used only to remind you that you're doing it right. Not to remind you all the ways you need to get it right. Do you hear me today? I want my words to be able, I want you to be able to strike hands and say, Woo! Yeah, that's what I'm walking in. Not, oh, how do I get there? I want that too, if that's where you are. But I want to get you to the place where you're, you can lift your hands and you can shout, I'm on the north side of until. I'm walking in that promised place and I'm still growing. I'm still growing. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? This is what the Father wants to do for you. This is how He wants to change you. This is how He wants to work in you. He wants to grow us. He wants to challenge us. I want you to be challenged today. Whether you're here today for the first time or you've been here for 20 years, I want you to be challenged by the words that you're hearing today. He said, until, until. I put these things in place for you and there are steps. I've, I, he, what he did was, we serve this, this, this is the way God is. He put things in place to make sure that we could get from A to B and then B to C. And then C to D, D to E, E to F, F to G, so on and so forth. He put all these things in place so that we could get from this place to this place. But we cannot get here while standing here. We cannot get here while standing here. And my compatriots, whatever you want to call them, my co-laborers and ministry that are out there, and they struggle with the idea that I believe that there's a here place. But they can't explain the until place. You want us to stay here. What do you do with this? 
Well, until hasn't come. Until hasn't come. How will you know? That's like the Israelites saying when the Messiah comes, we'll recognize him. He's standing right in front of them and they didn't even see him. Because they didn't have the faith to believe that the one right before their eyes was actually the Son of God. Do we have the faith to believe that what he gave us here really does lead us here? To family. So what do we do when we get here? This is what we're going to talk about going forward. When we get to this place, fathers, you really start acting like daddies. Mamas, you start acting like mamas. Family starts looking like and acting like families. And if, when we develop this picture of what this looks like, and you look at that picture and it doesn't look like yours, then you can say, okay, let me draw a little bit out of this until I see this. Does that make sense? Keeping, this is the hoped for. This is the purpose. And sometimes when what he wants us to be doesn't look like that in the condition we're currently in, we draw out of this place in my words or the words of whomever might be speaking or sharing or whatever he says to you in your quiet place or your loud place or whatever it is. Whatever he says to you. It's always going to lead you here. The Father's never... Listen, listen, this is, this is strong. You ready for this? He's never going to give you a word with the intention of keeping you here. Think about it for a second. The Father will never give you a word with the intention of keeping you here. Everything you ever hear will always be to get you across that bridge of until. That is only to get you here, not to live in it. Not to live in it. Can you receive that today? I hope you can. Because when you take that law, and this is what I want to show you too. When you take this stick that represents, I don't know which one was which, I think this was law. This was law, this was grace, there was an overlap. This is the life of Christ. This is the resurrection. Grace was supposed to take over. But in reality, even though we have the option of walking in this grace, believe it or not, we still have law hovering over us every day. Even people in this house, you know, we've been preaching against the law for a long time, but still every day, all of us, we get up and something will happen in our life that's unexpected and somehow we find out, oh my goodness, I was under the law. We didn't even realize we were trapped by the law, but we're somehow we're still in the law. Does that make you, you get that, right? Is that true? Here's the same truth, same truth, but it's not intended to be this way. What the Father says, I want that off, and I want you to get under grace. It doesn't mean lawlessness. It's lawless, but not lawlessness. What well, means without the law, but lawlessness means I don't pay attention to what my Father's saying. Just by ignoring the voice of God, you enter into law. Every time I say I don't like what he said, I've engaged law. Because we've said, I don't want what you say. It's easier for me to just live by the rules. But in the New Testament, you have, and I'm going to use this very loosely, but this represented the law in the Old Testament. It represents the fivefold ministry in the New. Fivefold ministry. This one represents family, fathers. In the same way as the Old. Remember, law, grace. There was an overlap. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what until looks like in the New Testament. 
The New Testament looks like this. There's fivefold ministry. Then there's fathers. There's family. Because that's what he's always after. And there's an overlap. And see, this fivefold ministry leads us to this place of until. And when we reach this place of until and we can accept it, we come into this place of maturity, which looks like family. See, the mature man looks like a man who recognizes what family is. The mature man isn't the man that knows how to get up on time. That's mature too. That's just right. But the mature man is the man that recognizes what family is and recognizes what responsibility is. Recognizes as a father, as a husband, as a mother, as a wife, as a son of Almighty God, as a joint heir of Jesus Christ. I have responsibilities. And I'm going to fulfill them. Not under the law, but this taught me how to get to this place. And during the overlap, I'm going to practice a little bit of fathering. Mix it in with a fivefold. I'm going to practice that during the until part. And then once I come into the place where I am freely moving in it, now this is behind me and this is where I exist. Isn't that good? Did you learn anything today? I hope you did. Because what I can tell you is this morning... What the Father wants to do in this series, He wants to teach us the different places and the different ways that we so often find ourselves existing in what was the past and was only meant to get us somewhere, but we get stuck in it. Let's not get stuck in those things that were meant to be a launching pad to the greater thing. Do you hear me today? Stand with me if you would, please. Father, I lift my voice over the sons and the daughters over the minds, over the people. I lift my voice over those watching on the other side of that lens, those that are here today for the first time. I'm thankful that they have come. Pray today that revelation comes to the mind and the spirit of every single man and woman in this place. Help us today by your word and by your spirit to be changed by your anointing. To be changed by your anointing. There are a people that are outside the walls of this building today that are looking for more. And I, don't, I can't speak for every other church, but I can speak for this assembly where these churches gather. And Father, I can say today that whatever you tell us to do, we will do it. We will be faithful over it. I'm calling out to those people that have ever been a part of this house and are no more. I'm calling out to those people that have never been a part of this house, don't even know we're here. But I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you will stir their spirit and stir their heart. Let them know if they were here, they come home, come home, come home. If they've never been here, we call them forth because there is a truth in this place. We are hungry for the fullness of the glory of God. And we are not ashamed to walk out your anointing, your word, and your spirit. And we do it because we believe you. We believe you. Be glorified today, Father. Help us today. Help us today to reconcile. Help us this morning to get right into the middle of that word until when we walk out of here today. Let every single person, my prayer is today when you walk out of this building, every single person will consider the word until. Will consider that. Where am I on that journey? Where am I at on that journey? Am I counted among the mature? Or am I counted still among those requiring the fivefold? There's no wrong answer. There is no wrong answer. Be honest with where you are. We're going to minister to you wherever you are, but my goal is not to keep you in the middle of the fivefold. My aim and my heart is that of the Father, and that's to get you on the other side of that word until. You begin to rule and reign over 
the dominion, those places he's given you dominion over. Your house, your home, your family. And you do it in such a way that you're glorifying him. Amen? That's maturity. That's maturity. I know I've done well and I know I've been faithful over the word of the Lord. When you rise up and your whole family is a demonstration of the glory of God. Your whole family is a demonstration of the glory of God. Amen? So Father, I bless this people. I-